Hello and welcome to the BDX Podcast. I'm your host Gary and this week's episode we're discussing Scottish commerce and whether or not it is the best in the world. Our panel for the event were Victor Brearley from Liquor Lips and Grant Noxon from Boyd Digital. Hope you enjoy. We'll go right into the action right now. Yes, thanks so much for coming to BDX. We'll do good this evening, yes? Do you like the setup? All very cozy around the campfire? Good, good, good. I'm Gary. I'm looking after you for the next hour or so. Now, usually in BDX, I stand and ask questions for an hour, and then people look really bored and leave. We're not doing that tonight. We're going to have a bit of an open forum. Obviously, I'll start to get the ball rolling. We have two experts with us tonight talking about commerce. I suppose you all came here for some commerce advice, some digital advice. Yes, put your hands up if you did. Right, you can just go then. No point you being here. No, I'm not joking. Thanks so much for coming. Now, we have two great panelists tonight. At any point, if you have a question, please put your hand up. We're recording this for the podcast, so I'll walk over, shove a mic in your face. And please don't get offended if I repeat the question. It's just we're recording over multiple channels. Things can sound really weird when people have two microphones and they're talking over each other. So just in case you ask a nice question and I look at you like this and I make you say it again, don't worry. Now, to get started, hello panel. Hello, Gary. Hello there. Sorry, I'm interrupting your sip of the beer. We'll get started with this. Start with you, Victor. Would you please introduce yourself to everyone here in attendance? Let them know who you are, what you do, and what your background, if any, is with commerce. So, go ahead. Good evening. Good evening, Glasgow. Good evening. <laughs> yeah, my name is Victor Briley. I've got a company called Liquor to Lips. So we do drink stuff, mainly whiskey, but um, my background's checkered for want of a better word. I've worked in design and advertising, going back to the good old days when newspapers printed using metal blocks. It makes me sound very old. That's because I am very old. Um, Digital's good. I've got a bit of knowledge on that because probably was one of the very first companies to do major websites in Scotland when I was a younger guy. Um, it astounds me that stuff we used to charge £200,000 for, you can now get for nothing on the internet, which is great. And I think that's sort of the theme for the evening for me, basically. Hello, I am Grant Rox and I am the owner of Boyd Digital and lead digital marketing strategist for Boyd Digital. Um, uh, over the course of Boyd Digital, we work for international clients, um, brands from the UK, brands from abroad, and we market them in every country of the world. Um, at points, I at one point I had a client in Mexico that I was provide, we were providing work for but the end client was in Canada all done through Skype and at very odd times in the day so it's all it truly is a global market just now um, before starting Boy Digital I've worked in retail for some sort of fashion retail BMOs and only sports direct you'd never guess <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I've seen how these guys do it in an international uh, um, an international stage um, and how they source the material, get material from country to country and obviously from when retail was very much bricks and mortar I've seen e-commerce growing, growing, growing can hopefully provide a little bit of useful information this evening. Lovely stuff. Now the title of our event this evening is simply Scottish Commerce Best in the World. I didn't put a question mark at the end, but now I'm going to, and I'll start with you, Victor. Scottish Commerce, is it the best in the world? Ah, well, this um, it's quite timely because I'm going to an event on Friday, hopefully anyway, um, which I attended last year, run by a lawyer who is based in Blasphemy Square, who shall remain nameless because we're not publicising anyone. 
they basically had a great and good off the food industry in Scotland, all around the table. And we went round everyone, a bit like this. Uh, first one was salmon. Can't remember their names, we'll protect, the, protect them for anon anonymity. So salmon, where are you guys doing? How's it going? Scottish salmon, how's it going? Well, we're probably about the best in the world at the moment. No, oh, that's quite good. So we went to the next table, which was a guy who worked for the Scotch Whiskey Association. Said, what's happening with you guys? What, what's happening with you? Yeah, we're probably doing about five billion pounds a year. We're the one of the most incredible spirits in the world. Probably one of the best in the world at the moment. Quality beef and lamb was next. How are you guys doing? Beef and lamb, what's the gig with you guys? Is it doing okay? Quite good? Yeah, we're probably about one of the best in the world at the moment. So the next one, guy went around and what do you do? I'm sea fish, you know, we do mainly things like lobsters and crabs and shellfish. Where are you? Yeah, we're probably up there one of the best in the world at the moment. And it just kept on going. We went right around the table. Everyone from dairy to fish to whiskey to whatever were the best in the world at what they were doing. Which is quite interesting because that's only food and drink. That's not looking at all the other aspects of what's happening in Scotland at the moment. And I think we're probably... If you're going to be critical, you'd say that Scotland's really bad. Well, not really bad. I'd say very bad at promoting themselves. I think there's a lot of things we're doing. If it was any other nation, they would be shouting it from the rooftops. But we're not really very good at that yet. Getting better at it, but still not very good at it. And to your views? Yeah, I mean, to add to that, I think the kind of self-promotion is probably an issue for Scotland. as a nation at home and abroad. Certainly from people I've met over the last year. Year or two years and events I've been invited to. There's a lot of startup activity, a lot of mm -hmm. digital and technology based. Of course, Scotland's always been famous for going all the way back to penicillin. Um, there seems to be a lot of really exciting developments in medical technology. Mm. Um, been to events like a full day events and two hours have been dedicated to all the technological advances, whether it's software to make the hospital experience better um, or sort of gizmos and gadgets to talk now about the internet of things where all these devices whether it's measuring devices or whatnot are connected to software and the internet people can doctors can monitor one of the things which was a scottish invention was a monitor that it's some sort of crazy percentage of saving people's lives with heart problems because they wore it all the time and as soon as the there's some sort of incident that knocked the levels out as a precursor to some sort of attack an episode, doctors could get a message yeah. via an iPad and in some cases I think the device could be altered to either administer medicine or regulate heart rate. Yeah. Literally I think I think what you're saying is really interesting because the entrepreneurial drive of Scotland's never really been in doubt. If you look at I think Winston Churchill said, out with the Greeks, we've <coughs> given more to mankind than any other small nation, any other nation in the world. Never more than five million of us. We at the present time have got the world's biggest entrepreneurial accelerator working out of Scotland, a thing called Entrepreneurial Spark, just over at Dixon's Blazes. Um Two sides to it. You could argue that it was set up because a lot of people wanted to make themselves even more famous and get a knighthood. Maybe it might be true. Or the other flip side of the coin might say they're now in Brighton and Leeds and all over probably going to expand where they are. They're in India already. They're going to expand worldwide. We are telling people how 
to entrepreneur from Scotland. How did that happen? We're really incredible when a lot of things that people would always say, we've not really achieved much, we're underachievers. Football's a really good example. I don't want to go on about the football, but that's a very good example of us as underachievers and reveling in the fact we're rubbish. We're shite. (laughs) We are. People have thought the Scotch football experience is great because we don't ever do anything. And I think a lot of people, when it comes to business, used to probably have slightly the same argument. But now, with so many different things, entrepreneurial sparks being one of them, um, all the food and drink, if you look at what Scotland's food and drink are doing, up in Dundee, what the digital market is doing there, it's not just all right, it's not just like quite good for Scotland, not good for Britain, it's world class. And that's what we need to get our heads around now in Scotland. We're not dabbling in it, we're not messing about. We're producing stuff that is up there with anyone on the planet. And you're talking about Paolo Alto and all these places. The guys in Dundee, guys and girls in Dundee are doing stuff as good as anybody. Not Scotland, not Britain. And I think the whole referendum debate, doesn't matter what you voted who cares, at a certain angle I went down we'll not speak about that, but a lot of the other people really have to look at the strengths of Scotland as a nation standing up not as part of Britain, as part of the world, and whether we're independent or not, there is a lot of things that we need to do um, I'm really specialising in one area which is Scotch Scotch whiskey is five billion pound industry it's well is there another probably not if you jump in a cab anywhere in the world ah Mr Whiskey Scotland Scotland Whiskey bagpipes sometimes tartan now and again but generally ah Mr Whiskey ah Whiskey and you think about it that's amazing We've got household names from this tiny wee country that if you go to see, see people in Manhattan or in China, wherever it might be, they are eulogising about a product that can only, only be made in Scotland. So you'll get people telling you about Glen Morangie or Glen Finnick or Ardbeg or Laphroaig or whatever it might be, all produced in tiny wee chilly outbacks of Scotland. And we've sort of allowed a lot of people to take that from us and publicise it. Digital footprint is what we're speaking about, to bring it back to the reason what I'm saying about this. is We have got um, tens of millions of people in the world who are whiskey fans. Who owns them? That's the argument I'd ask. Who owns them? In the same way that Man United's got tens of millions of fans, who owns them? They're beginning to realise that's the secret. Digital footprint. Who owns the people that like stuff? It's always been there. I was, when I was a wee guy, did a thing called the Scottish Beef Club. Was it the Scottish Beef Club? Which was basically getting everyone that likes Scottish beef as a bit of a gang, and you got a passport or a, or a certificate or something like that, but it was all very offline because the internet didn't exist now all these people are there and they're a click away that's the one thing that Scotland really is missing not for the digital technology or the the folk in Dundee that are doing stuff the people that aren't doing it the people we need to convert are not the people that are doing it already the young web natives that get it's the other folk that don't get it 
That's what we need to convert to making digital the most important and exciting thing in Scotland. Because as soon as we do that, all these incredible industries that are doing amazing already, most of them are rubbish online. Scotch whiskey is pathetic online. It's got absolutely nothing. I've got more Twitter followers than the Scotch Whiskey Association. I think in whiskey, you're right. If you work with some whiskey companies, and there's some relatively small whiskey companies that punch way above their weight in the digital space, and now they've slowly become as bigger, bigger than some of the established players. Um, the likes of those younger distilleries, like your Brute Laddies and your Colomans, whatever the sort of influence there, younger people, more digital savvy, there's definitely, I think, a big gap in these established businesses that should be doing better. How do we as digital marketing professionals help them achieve that goal? Yeah, but I think over and above that, well, you're hitting a really important thing there, is the fact is that some of them are doing brilliant. Diageo are one of the biggest spirits companies in the world Johnny Walker anyone know Johnny Walker Scotch Johnny Walker Scotch is 22 23% of all Scotch whiskey one brand which is great if you own Johnny Walker but they also own and they also eulogise and chat about and market heavily other stuff and that other stuff might be white rum or tequila or Irish whiskey can't imagine Ireland's ever going to jump on the bandwagon and start to compete against us they've got a leprechaun museum <laughs> they love a story Scotland did export whiskey but being Irish we exported drinking so that's another story now based on the first point about self-promotion Grant brought it up Victor brought it up has anybody in Ireland got any questions about how to self-promote if you work in e-commerce if you have a small product a small business an online shop anybody I'll hand over to you yeah. oh no. Oh, no, go ahead, it's fine. I don't mind. Well, it wasn't so much to do with, you were saying, if you've got a small business, um, you hit in the referendum. Again, probably don't want to get down the yes, no. You're talking about we don't promote ourselves, but do you think that from a certain point, we were kind of put down and told not to promote ourselves? Yeah, well, I think definitely. I think it's all about... Um, the scale of it as well, I think we're small scale and like everything, if you can get a certain traction, it's going to be very difficult. Imagine it with the two brands, forget it's countries, Scotland's a wee tiny brand, a whiskey brand, trying to kick off and Diageo or Johnny Walker is the big brand, that's Westminster. So you're up competing against that, it's bound to be really, really difficult. But, I think the SNP showed it a wee bit. The ones that did okay on Twitter well, it gave a bit of a false reading for a lot of people. They thought, that's the way Scotland's going to vote. When in fact, that's not how Scotland voted because people thought everyone on Twitter was how the world works. When it's not. And I think a lot of the politicians knew that. That the digital footprint of what Scotland's doing just now is quite exciting, young, vibrant, and there's lots of folk on Twitter that are really clever and really amazing, but that is a tiny, tiny part of the population at the moment. It's getting bigger. So if you try and think and second guess what anyone's doing, doesn't even matter if it's a polit political party or a country or a brand, by what they're doing on their footprint on digital landscape, you're going to get it wrong because that is not what everybody's doing at the moment. Depends what your brand is as well. Depends what you're doing. If you've got a young, vibrant brand that's appealing to web natives that are 25 and under, it's going to be brilliant. Older, it's going to take a bit more time to do it. But the other thing with digital is a lot of people think, yeah, let's get all the 
bells and whistles right and the rest will follow. It's not really about that, is it? It's about content. What are you going to say to them? You could have a million Twitter followers, but if you're boring, nobody's going to like it. No one's going to be bothered. You have to have content. And that's what I used to do in the old days. We had electric typewriters. Remember them? No, you'll not remember. Electric typewriters. You had to put a ribbon in them. I, I, I thought like you just chiseled stuff out of stone like the Flintstones, Victor. <laughs> it sounds like that. But that was only in the 80s. That was in the 1980s, so it's not last... Well, it is last century, but it's not that far back. In, in terms of digital channels and reaching people, it's changing and it's changing quickly. Um, as generations below me come up and, like, people in their 20s now have probably... You're not in your 20s, are you? No, no, but... <laughs> I'm a young 34, right? There's a lot of hills and windy streets in my paper round. Um, so the, the next generation, I mean, I, I was there when Bebo was a thing and it died and MySpace was a thing and it died and at the start of Facebook, and I was, ah, Facebook wasn't for me for a couple of years because I was a Bebo guy, but now... <laughs> Just, just in people. <laughs> so now, 20 year olds now people coming out of school coming out of uni have been completely immersed in social media it's completely immersed in tablets so the way the like the the SMP sort of Twitter sphere now although there was that sort of silent majority of people that weren't that were voting the other way that weren't digitally savvy they're going to die out or get digital savvy and the young people will change the way they do it before your very interesting story the one example is like about six or seven years ago I did some work for Barhead Travel and we said you need to look after Facebook people make holiday inquiries and book holidays over Facebook and they're like no 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 we want the phones to ring we want the phones to ring and we saw that over a period of a year or two five or six seven years ago changing almost day by day getting more and more and to take that to where it is now B&Q as a retail brand have eight people manning their Twitter account eight people in a specialist call centre that deal with just Twitter, just Twitter hand, handling customer service going and finding product numbers so it's that's a pretty seismic shift in eight years so is the two year olds now that can use an iPad what are they going to be doing in 15, 20 years time? Well my, my son's 15 and he's a um, digital native so he doesn't well he can still write and things he's got a pen in fact he can write stuff but he is basically of, of the mindset now that if he gets information he just looks on his iPad or whatever to find out what it is he doesn't ever think about doing anything in the printed world I was in um, the pub the other night meeting someone and because um, I'd not been out for a pint of pint for ages, I thought I'm going to read the paper as well because it was a very pie pint. It was a very sort of real world atmosphere. I thought I'm going to read the paper. So, for those who don't know, a newspaper is a thing that the metro's like in the bus. Exactly. And it's a bit bigger. Well, I picked it up Glasgow Herald or The Herald as it's called. 24 pages, five adverts. <coughs> That's not long for this world. That is going to go out of business. In fact, it cannot possibly make money. If you look at the many people they've got working on it, the amount of pagination and the adverts, it's not a, a sum. It doesn't add up. Um, yeah, printed matter, I think it's it's gone. We're going to get niche specialist printed matter, but the actual way people seek information is very different. And it, it's now on the internet, which is democratising everyone, because you can be big or small. It's hard to tell. Like you said... Twitter, you've got five folk working for you. I wouldn't have a clue. I think it'd be one person. 
you could, well, there's a number of examples of really good bloggers at the moment that are a person and they've got a huge following. Um, if you look at what Bieber's got on there, who's the biggest? Do you say Lady Gaga, is it? I don't know. Several tens of millions of people. That is the new media. That is the new publicity. That's how it works. So it's gone from being a newspaper and PR and a social media and a PR company and an advertising agency and all that. It's all just in there. I've never met anyone that works for an advertising agency. They all work for something else now. Yeah, another sort of barometer for the change in the landscape, um, like TV advertising versus YouTube. Um, at another event we touched about video blogging, vlogging, there's these young kids in YouTube are getting paid. They're making money from YouTube, they're making money through YouTube, through affiliate marketing, promoting people's products. Um, and now I get asked by Unilever to look at... The Unilever basically went, found all these girls that did hair hair vlogs, hair and makeup vlogs, and they paid them a bucket load of money to contribute to that, that to a, uni, a special Unilever channel, and they spent loads of money getting views to this, promoting all different products. But then they realised, oh, how, what are we going to do with all this content? How do we make this a long-lasting thing? And they're looking for a sort of a website, a content hub, or recommendations on how to do that. But that is the way things do. Radio One picked their last two or three new DJs. They picked vloggers. They knew that these guys had millions of followers, hundreds of thousands of subscribers, and they went straight into a top job at the nation's number one radio station. Um, on the, the, the YouTube and TV stuff at, at university, I used to think, oh, I hope I get a good job and I hope I get to do TV ads. That'll be it. I'll, happen one day, don't worry. <laughs> I'll, I'll have made it when I've done TV ads. Um, but now it's, uh, like you say, it's a struggling market. Yeah. A lot of these we guys did a, We did London Cotton Week, October. And um, we, had, and we had a thing called a blogger engagement programme that we'd started to get all the best bloggers and we thought, we're not going for whiskey bloggers because they're old guys with beards, it's a bit boring. We're going to get lifestyle bloggers, which are many and various things, young guys, gay guys, women, all sorts of stuff. Different, really interesting, exciting bunch. But one of the girls arrived at the, the place we're doing it. We had fully sold out. We'd been booked all week. And she turned up with two assistants this is just a blogger. And she walked in like someone from the golden age of the screen, trailing these two assistants behind her. Darling, you did this. Darling, did it. And it was like Patsy and Adina. This is PR moved on to blogging now. So her blogging is, yeah, how much is it worth? Mm, it's, it's a really strange amalgam, what's happened. It's PR meets journalism meets... Public, like it's a bit of everything. It's all just a melting pot there. And the people that are doing really well out of it, obviously really good writers, obviously very engaging, but it's all about their followers. And there's matrices, and you'll know more about this than I do. You look at the matrix, it's not just about how many followers about you've got, it's about what you're writing about, it's what your content's like, it's what who you're engaging with, because are they 5,000 folk that you've bought Russian people on the internet for peanuts or are they actual bona fide real followers and if they are that is really valuable no one's interested if you've got 100,000 followers if you've got 50,000 brilliant followers that's really powerful yeah, connectivity and ampl amplification are sort of 
big buzzwords but an important factor so like you say if you've got 50,000 really good bloggers will they amplify your message if if you as the blogger say that um, Red Stripe's the greatest beer ever do they love you so much and what you say will they then go and say well, 10,000 of them say yeah Red Stripe's the best and that's when the message becomes amplified and that's what gets what's getting big brands I, big I didn't get that really person, I thought about. I looked and obviously looked at the way they're good look they've got 20,000 followers or, and then a wee guy came in and told us all about this exactly what you're saying about engagement and all these things and amplification and it was pretty clear that people are not stupid anymore they're not going to say we've had a great holiday haven't we sponsored by Red Stripe it's been really fab no no people are much smarter than that now they get that you're getting paid to promote it um, Palamine managers are shall be remain nameless pop star sort of TV personality and she's moved from holding stuff up on Twitter she's got several hundred thousand followers from holding stuff on Twitter that's gone the next thing is it's at the back it's sitting away up on the shelf it's a soft sell and they want that they don't want it to be oh we love this because it's really good it's hiding at the back so they look as though they're actually drinking it all the time because people are so smart now they realise I'm only drinking that because I wish they had Red Stripe paid me a lot of money but if it was in the back it's because I actually buy it it's in my house because I buy it I'm not doing it because someone's telling me to do it so the whole savvy audience that you've got there and then the digital engagement has changed so much it's absolutely fascinating you could well there's, there's people doing it for a job there's people writing about it now but it's it's so new and so interesting if I was coming out of uni or college now working in marketing and advertising five years ago if you'd asked me ten years ago if you'd asked me I said do you know what that's finished it's not going to exist anymore now it's more vibrant than ever Palamine's got an agency in Edinburgh um, he's got 80 staff now I think at my height when I worked in advertising in Edinburgh the biggest agency was probably 70 folk and there was maybe us and another one now there's loads of these places if you look at what the guys at Equator are doing Dog Digital you guys there's so many people doing stuff that's not just quite good for Glasgow no bad for Scotland these guys would stand up against anyone and that's what the internet's done for us. It's democratised it all. It's not like you say, well, yeah, I'd quite like to do that, but I'm a bit paranoid because I've got to go down and present in London and obviously they're bigger and better and more exciting. These days have gone. That's not the case anymore. In fact, I would argue, because I do it quite a lot, if I was going down to London, I would see working out of Glasgow to be a massive bonus at a pitch sensation. Definitely. Now, hold on, sorry. Um, I've got an agency, it's a small agency, Victor, we've been having a few conversations about it. Uh, all my new business, 70% of my new business is uh, Europe, Milan, Scandinavia, uh, Barcelona, uh, very little uh, in, the U- in the UK. And what that is, it's brand managers in various drinks companies looking inwards towards Scotland, looking at our innovative packaging, our innovative creativity, our, our labelling are very high standards of typography, um, digital, and they're wanting it. They're wanting to buy our skills. We're talking about advantages here, specifically just mentioned digital grant. Do you have any sort of 
comments to make on that? Yeah, digital is obviously a great leveller of the playing field um, because people can, whether they're in Mexico or Denmark or Sweden, they can see very quickly what we're doing. Um, it's very easy to, also through social media, whereas maybe they had to rely on bumping into someone at a trade show or picking something up in the weekly alcohol press. It's, it's, it's out there. And the thing what Victor was saying there, and I'm seeing this a lot, is that Scottish agencies and Scottish design have a certain, we have a certain knack and a certain talent of tapping into markets and understanding markets that transcends digital, because we can do digital anywhere in the world. But they're coming to Scotland, Glasgow, Edinburgh, Aberdeen um, to, to buy our pure design skills because we're producing talent through our art schools and we're kind of trying to keep that yeah, uh, that's, as well. We've got a great talent, we've got a great talent, we've got really great art schools. And I don't think that's going away. And if you look at, I mean, I've, I've lived up and down the country and if you look at uh, successful digital areas like Bournemouth at the moment is a, is a very big digital area. Um, why is that? They've got a fantastic art school right on their doorstep. They've got Bournemouth uh, College of Art and Design uh, producing fantastic commercial students. Yeah, I think there's quite interesting two sides to that as well, how it's, how it's worked with um, existing hubs, which you might say Glasgow and Edinburgh are the sort of traditional ones in Scotland, how that's moving. 20 years ago, Dundee, what would think you were having a laugh if you said, Dundee, save discovery, digital maestros in Europe. I, I was there. Exactly. <laughs> I, I graduated exactly. in from Dundee. Yeah. I, I, I was the one We've that known that because we've been in the game for a long time, but we've known that the students come out, coming out of Duncan and Jordanson or the School of Art here in Glasgow, they're as good as anywhere in the world. They're all running stuff now. Thanks. Um, my name is Pete Moforth. I'm from Indes. We're a, an e-commerce specialist, and um, it's 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 great that you guys are sort of talking about commerce and digital. But from look, everybody looks at these subjects from from different positions. You know, we're a very long-established e-commerce company. We look after many of the biggest e-commerce brands in Scotland that sell all over the world. And I'm, what I'm hearing here is a bit of a mismatch to our own experiences uh, in that uh, a lot of the channels that are used are not um, primarily social. There's a great deal talk, been talked here about blogs and about Twitter and the use of Facebook and so on. And, these are fa and, and, and the quality of design, which are all about building fabulous brands. And as already been said, Scotland is full of fabulous, fabulous brands. But it's actually where the till rings, who makes the money from the, from, from the sales. And because we look after such a large number of e-commerce businesses, we can see patterns that spread across these, these different industries. And social, at best, is contributing 5% of, of total last clicks to, to convert. Most of, most of the sales are coming in from Google shopping feeds, you know, wholesale marketplaces like the, Alibaba. The interesting you know. point there, what you're talking about there is that now, from when I started, we couldn't tell you what you were contributing. If I worked in an ad agency, no idea what they were contributing. Now you can actually quantify that exactly, Absolute, not Absolutely, if you can't measure it, yeah. don't do it. Yeah, well, it's part know. of That's the mantra. And, and the thing is, and if you, and if you look at the mix of channels that, that, that contributes to growing sales, in these more technical areas of market, whilst on the, the, 
you know, the, the social and the design side, I think Scotland ranks really, really well. And of course, we combine that with having fabulous products. The bit of the triangle that, that I think we're sadly missing on is, is on the more sort of technical sides of um, e-commerce. And we're finding that even Diageo, who you mentioned, they've, they, they've opened up their e-commerce channel operating out of Belgium. You know, and um, and and if you go, if you, you you mentioned Johnny Walker, you know, if you go to Alibaba, type Johnny Walker. I did it a few days ago, and you find that all the suppliers of wholesale Johnny Walker are in Singapore, Taiwan, Azerbaijan. It's all fake, you know. But the, but but the, but the point is, the people who are promoting these so-called whiskey brands are not in Scotland, and for some reason. Maybe it's because they're low-tech and proud of it, or they've been doing it this way for 200 years, so why should they change now? And it's, you know, marketing is all about getting your products in front of people who want to buy. And, and that final step where people want to buy are on places like Google Shopping, you know, the AdWords that go around the side, you know, the Amazon, the Ebays, and all the different, because people think eBay, but there's eBay.fr, eBay.de, eBay.jp, there's all these different Ebays, all the different Amazons. And, it, and that's the kind of, if we want to sell our fabulous Scottish products all around the world, we need, as, as a first step, we need to make sure that our products made here in Scotland are promoted on, on all of these What, these what we channels. need to do this is use the C word and the C word is collaboration because at the moment we're tiny, right? Five million folk. We can do these things all on our own and I think we've been a bit insular. Scotch whiskey is a really good example of it. They've thought whether it's out of Britain or out of Scotland, they've not really engaged with people all over the world. They are low tech and we yeah, work with a number of yeah, Scottish, Scottish Definitely. Uh, businesses. Incredibly so. And the reason why that is, I, and that's my specialist area, so you've spoke to the wrong we person. We work closely with John G. Yeah. Uh, um, the reason why it happened with Scotch is that Scotch has been incredibly successful, and that's a great thing, but the problem we've got is that there's a lot of people competing against, not just against each other, they're competing against their own organisation. So if you make Johnny Walker, you're competing against other prod products that you make. Who does the digital landscape for that? How's it going to or work? Or is he competing with Gary? He spends yeah. spells are different. He puts an E in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Listen, the Irish, the Irish whiskey... They can't even spell it properly. Yeah. The Irish whiskey phenomena is... They, there's plans for about 36 Irish distilleries at the moment. Um, if you're... Well, Tullymore Jews, one of the Irish brands that's going through the roof at the moment. There's new distilleries opening in Ireland all the time. They're being promoted by the same people. Tullymore Jew is owned by Grants. Grants make... Glen Fiddich and Grants make Grants whiskey, obviously, and the Balvenie and various other things. So they're telling you how amazing Scotch whiskey is. Oh, we love Scotch. We're spending a lot of money promoting the Scotch whiskey industry. But we're also promoting Tullymore Dew because we own that as well. And they've probably got a few other irons in the fire that they're looking at. And so they don't need to wait three years for it to become yeah, whiskey. Exactly. They can bash it out so quicker. The, 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 if an accountant works for you, you would in, in, indicate right away, why are you guys spending all that money producing scotch when you could produce vodka or gin or tequila? Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but they are, with, with, with respect. If you, if you look at the output of the new craft disposition, the Craft Distillers Association of Scotland, which is which, which has just launched, it's mostly gins because of cash flow. Because you don't even have to wait for it to go cool before you sell it, you know. But 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 the thing is that if e-commerce is about money, it's about profit, it's about sales, 
And if people recognize that if we want to sell these fabulous Scottish products from here to the rest of the world, we need to start using these, these rather sort of technical challenges as opposed to creating, you know, pizzazz on, 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 on social I'd, media. I'd, That's an yeah, important part uh, yeah, of the mix, yeah. but it doesn't make the tills yeah, ring. But what you did, I think what we need to do, and you've got, I totally agree 100% with what you're saying, but we need to stick to our knitting. We need to look at these things that we're really good at, which is the creative industries that are coming out. We are the best in the world at that, without a doubt. For this, a tiny wee country like this, we've created more than anyone else in the world. Fact. That's just there. It's not up for debate. That's true. If we can look at the skills that Scotland have got, then we can Collaborate with folk that are good at doing other stuff. Yeah, but, yeah, but, my, but, my, 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 but my frustration in all this, we've, we've got all the infrastructure and it's like running a marathon, you know, you've, you, and, and you've got half a mile from the finishing line and you haven't completed. We've got all the bits of the jigsaw except that ability to make the tills go ka-ching all around the planet as a result of stuff made here. And these are the weaknesses within the Scottish supply chain infrastructure. And, 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 and that's why people go elsewhere. And if you go to Alibaba, all these other places, they're not Scottish businesses at the moment. Yeah, if I can just answer your question, Peter, I think it's a very, very good point. Um, I think there's a massive knowledge gap in the Scottish economy. I mean, just the people sitting in this room, seeing a few of the agents are represented. We could probably combine, if, if it was a, a central think tank, if you like, or we'd rather there's, there's definitely a knowledge gap in those more established companies, which we touched on. Some of that's through ignorance, some of that's through bullheaded resistance. I'm sure we've all come across companies where we know we are recommending a digital course of action, digital strategy that we know will work for them. PPC, shopping feeds, which is a huge thing, going multi-channel on Amazon, but they just don't get it or they're unwilling to get it. Um, so, I mean, if there was some sort of think tank created, I mean, the other thing is agency, people are agency owners, we all want to make money, we're not I'm doing this for free. I'm working on it for Scotch Whiskey. The Scotch Charter is all about a think tank. That's exactly what it's about. It's about collaboration. Good example, uh, Visit Scotland. If you go and visit Scotland, you would think they're going to tell you all about Scotch Whiskey. They've got five PDFs on their website that doesn't even work on mobile devices. That's how good they are at digital engagement. They don't meet and speak with the Scotch Whiskey Association in a, a, a regular basis. The Scotch Whiskey Association last month put out a press release saying, we met a guy from the British government down in Westminster and we're going to be engaging with them. The Scotch Whiskey Association is over 100 years old. What have they been doing? Why have they not been engaging with the British government? You're exactly right. We need to get... Yeah, UKTI, yeah. you know, for e-commerce advisors, if we don't have it up here. Yeah. You, you, UKTI, I know for a fact, Scotland's Food and Drink have deliberately not engaged with them. I know that because, no. yeah, it's... What was it all about? And it doesn't matter whether you're tartan-tinged or SNP and you've got Braveheart tattoo on your back. It doesn't matter. It's all about... You need to collaborate now because it's a big bad world out there and you can't do everything. It's huge the amount of things you could do. So you need to just get a good partner along. Anything I've done this year that's flown has been collaboration. 
anything. Whether it's we've got the brand involved or we've got a bar chain involved or we've got a chain of hotels or what, they have all been collaborative. I get a wee bit of it, they get a wee bit of it. We all work and we all work to our skills. We stick to our net and we stick to what we're good at. There's vast tranches of things I have no idea about. Ditto them. They don't know anything about certain things. So we say, I'll do that, you do that. Let's work out who's going to engage with who. And if you can get that collaboration, is we end up being the smartest folk in the room. When you go down to London or you see what's happening in New York, the people that are doing stuff in the room are usually Irish, they're usually Australian, or they're usually Scottish or Geordie, because they're nearly Scottish. So that's how, how it works. These are the ones that are kicking ass and calling a spade a spade and coming out with real-world solutions instead of hanging around and fanning around, they talk the truth. And now the truth is everything now, because it is completely transparent. No hiding place anywhere in the world. If you're online, people will find out what you're up to. Whether it's you want them to or they find out about it, it's, I, I would say you're much better letting folk know about it right away because they're going to find out about it in six months' time anyway. If we look specifically at Peter's problem of how do we make, as an industry or thinkers, make Scotland's tills ring, um, you know, on the face of it, like, there's, there's these digital vouchers floating about from Scottish Enterprise that, I don't know, it's five grand or whatever, some people are using them awfully, some people are using them quite well. If there is something on a higher level, so any Scottish company that creates products or has more than a thousand product lines, say for example you'll have a better idea of when this becomes viable or not than me because of your e-com expertise, they qualify for some funding for a central pool that someone comes in that does their Google shopping feed, someone comes in that makes sure natural searches as good as it could be, someone comes in and puts them in all the the Amazons, they, that's data feed work, they get their eBay store worldwide and going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole problem with the, with these things is not sexy. You know, social media is sexy. You know, and that's and design. You know, this is the same. You know, all this boring technical stuff. It's 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 like the mentality of accountants. You know, it's boring. You know, it just makes the tills ring. Yeah, I think you're right. The, the, the whole thing is amalgam now. It's, it's collaboration. And if you try and think that you can do it all, you can't. It, and it's never been like that. And I think it's never been the, the stage. If you look at entrepreneurs nowadays, the guys that are doing, guys and girls that are flying, there's tons of brilliant ones in Scotland just now, kind of entrepreneurial spark. The ones that are doing really well instantly want to promote themselves out of a job. They don't want to be doing it. They want to be getting other experts in to do what they are not really very good at. I'm sure Mark Zuckerberg got tons, well, he has got tons of skills. He can speak about 40 languages. But the other stuff, he gets really clever guy. Steve Jobs, what was his thing he said? I don't want to hire anybody and tell them what to do. I want to hire people and they tell me what to do. That's how it works. They want really, really clever folk. And the environment now is changed so much that it's incredibly hard to discern who's good, who's bad, who is going to bring something to your company that you might want or you might not want. It might be disruption. It might be someone who's awful because they're very aggressive, they're very in your face, but do you know what? They're bringing something that you've not got and they might bring a digital partner in and say, do you know what? We know absolutely fuck all about e-commerce. Why are we fanning about with this? Let's get an expert in. And if folk did that sooner rather than later, a lot of the businesses in Scotland would be a lot more successful. A lot of them are brilliant at what they do, experts at what they do. A friend of mine's a, a barley farmer. 
sounds a bit boring, but he makes a lot of money at it because he makes it for the Scotch whisky industry. He will tell you everything about barley. He knows everything about it. He knows nothing about anything else. But that's his expert. If you want to get a world expert on that, get him in. He would tell you everything about it. Are you on Twitter and I don't even have a computer? Doesn't know anything about that. Knows everything else. So if we can start to spread the net and get these collaborators to write, I'm rubbish at that. You're brilliant at that. You're fab design. Yeah. Uh, online e-commerce. I know nothing about it. And you build a triumvirate, three folk or five folk or whatever, that becomes really, really powerful. And that's what Scotland needs to do. We're not good enough at it yet. If I can add... If I can add to that, um, so I design the sexy products, or at least I contribute to help design sexy products. Um, Sorry, is it actually sexy products, or you just saying they're sexy? Oh, well, <laughs> I, I, I contribute into the Scottish um, economy in, in designing sexy products. We've launched a fair few, so I work for a consultancy, right? So we get all the people that kind of want to collaborate, but it's 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 they're struggling to find people to collaborate with. So we. Scottish enterprise, the, the, the concept of it is, is amazing, but you're putting idiots in charge because they Whoa. don't really know. Controversy. Sorry. I'll get shot for that. Just I know as I well, I don't know. I will get shot for Just that. Just as well, I don't know the guy who's married to the chief executive, I'd better not say anything. Well, <laughs> I will get shot for that. Who but the prime minister? Don't get me started. Keep and, going. And, and they're not, okay, they're not all idiots, but um, it, well, um, it's three months or so to get from one point to another or we can do it in half a day and their advice is usually wrong um, so for instance it's usually promoted that a university in product design can do something a lot quicker and cheaper and through experience we know that's not true um, just because we've, we've had clients come in saying you're about to say that that's your business <laughs> you're not going to let Craig Whitt do, do stuff at the School of Art when you can do it and charge people for it well, no, so for instance, universities do charge. Yeah, uh, just to give a little bit of colour to your exact point, um, I recently worked in a film, of the, it was a documentary about Graham Obrey trying to break a world land speed record in a bicycle. Graham built the bicycle out of old bikes, pots and pans. Washing machine was his first bike. But that was the Flying Scotland, but he's subsequently done another, a different record just in the last two or three years. But again, he built the bike from scratch. He paid £2.50 for a pair of rollerblades from Oxfam and that became bearings and this it was a sort of a, it's a lie in this bike but this was all going swimmingly and where it fell down and ultimately set him back by a year because he had to wait we missed the event and had to do the next one just because the school of art were tasked with working out the aerodynamic covering for the bikes the mechanics of which he'd built and they got that wrong and he ended up doing it himself it missed it by a year and he just went out there and did it this is my main argument so i completely agree about collaboration and actually what we find is the best entrepreneurs are the ones that find the problem and understand that they can't solve that problem and they come to people who can't find problems Most like us I know, I, I, because i'm a lot older than a lot of the girls well, not the main argument everyone. is in <laughs> scotland at the moment there isn't there isn't that quick form of we've got a problem here to how do we solve it how do we fund it how do we get into keep commerce so for instance i've helped two new products get to market in the recent and i've been i've gone through the entire process with these people and 
I can tell you, it's, a, it's an absolute nightmare in Scotland to sort out e-commerce. Well, what it is, is it because we've got a very puritanical nature and a lot of the problem you've got is people have got a company and they see themselves as done really great. So I've got a company now, magic. So you own 100% of it, you're the chief executive, the MD, whatever it might be. And you guard that fiercely and say, I'm not going to give that to anybody because I've set a company up. I used to come from Coat Bridge or wherever they've been and now I've got my own company. I'm not going to give someone 10% of it because I'm going to keep it all on myself. And then you try and muddle through and you probably might do okay because if you set up a firm, you're fairly smart and you've got a few ideas. But we've still not got that, which is the states are all over at the moment, which is they get the fact that I can't, take this to the next stage unless I collaborate with him or her or develop it on. The, a lot of the, the successful firms out of um, California, you don't even see the boss. You're talking to the new old font Tom Terrible, who might be 22. They're the face of the company. They're pushing things forward because they're the smart folk. The boss might be really good, but he's a bit old and a bit of a fart. He doesn't really know about stuff. What he's good at is getting folk involved. And that's what we need to... Move the shackles away from that old non-exec, beardy, old, grey-haired guy that comes in and tells everyone what to do. It's not like that. Sorry, as a, as a beardy, grey-haired guy in his 20s, that's a bit offensive. You had a comment? I'd like to tell you a little story, a success story about collaboration. And it's making a huge and real difference. Uh, I sit on the uh, board as a marketing person for Orkney Tourism Group. And it was about two years ago. Uh, we're all sitting around the table and somebody, some chief executive somewhere said, we need more visitors to the islands. We need to up our visitor rate. What do we do? Do we build more websites? Do we Twitter more? Do we, what, what, what do we do? And it's a, real, it's, a real, it's a real room full of council people, Orkney Harbours, marketing people. And somebody in the corner said, do you know that something in the region of 100 cruise ships sail between Orkney and Shetland? going up to Norway and doing all the Nordic cruises. And do you know where they're coming from? They're coming from New York. And do you know what they're doing? Totally bypassing Scotland. And somebody somewhere got a piece of paper out and calculated that there was something like 100,000 passengers on these cruise ships sailing past uh, uh, Orkney and Shetland. So uh, about 18 months ago, the council signed off, I think it cost them £5 million to extend Hatson Pier by about 20 metres. And as soon as they did that, all the Orkney Council people went out to New York, spoke to Fred Olsen, spoke to all the cruise companies. Uh, and this year we've just booked in 56 cruise ships. We bring in 76,000 extra visitors to Orkney. Uh, we've calculated that's about £7.7 million spend on whiskey, teas, coffees, scones and people walking down Kirkwall High Street. Now, the real collaboration here is not just bringing in uh, people, because uh, people want to come to Scotland, we, we know that. Um, but the joined up thinking and the magic here is that we now sit every month, and I'm part of that, uh, I'm a non-exec and I sit on that board, and we now have people on the ground knowing exactly when we're, we're bringing in a thousand people off this cruise ship, it might be, we've got Disney, we've got various cruise ships. We know the minute that they arrive, we've got buses, we've got meet and greet people, we've got people pointing, go that way to Highland Park, that way to Scapa Distillery, that way to Kirkwall High Street, go and spend your money. 
And the point I want to make there is that somebody in that room came up with that idea. Fast forward two years later, we're pumping millions of pounds back into a local economy. Orkney's 20,000 people. It's certainly not a poor island, and it's real collaboration. And uh, that's what we're good at. And that's what people and brand managers around the world are looking at us to solve. We're great problem solvers, and when we put our mind to it, we're really good at it. And that's my point. Just on that point as well, one of the things that's brilliant to me about that is the fact that no one blocked that idea. The council, once we did the sums, it wasn't my responsibility to do the sums, but somebody did the sums. The council had to find four million pounds, find a construction company, dump lots of concrete into a pier, extend the pier, bring in cruise ships. It's a no-brainer, and that's what we're really good at. We're, we're, we're good at solving these problems. And when you do the maths, they've made that money back. Twice. Yeah, oh, of course. You know, the, uh, you know the, the, we're only two years into it, um, but they've made them. They've made their money back. I mean, I think I, I come from the west of Scotland originally, the very coast of the west of Scotland, and I think there's a bad attitude in the west of Scotland and in some parts of Glasgow where that would get oh no, yeah, son, yeah, you, you can't do that. You, that well, we've always done it a different way. So I think that's brilliant. That, yeah, I think someone had the idea. And I think it's brilliant that everyone believed in it and just got it done instead of like bogging it down in that. I think that's a problem for Scotland and Glasgow is bogging it down, things taking too long. Well, that's the way it's... Yeah, I, I used to do a lot of stuff with, in the old days, the Scottish Tourist Board, to change like visit Scotland now. In the old days, they'd have lots of research that would tell you a hundred and one reasons not to do something. Whereas now they've changed. They get a bit better now. They've got research that actually supports things that you might want to do. And I think they're very big on events. But all these things... You could talk about events, say, well, that's about people wandering in a field or going to visit a castle and there's an away day or whatever it might be. And it's very sort of actual. But the things that make these things fly and makes work is what you say. Flogging tickets. That's virtual. That is digital. These things don't go add an experience, which my sales director used to be my managing director. Long story anyway. She lost £500,000 <laughs> because she got some wrong with a digital platform. And it was as simple as that because she saw how big it was going to be and by God, it was big, it was huge. But she didn't see the fact that you have to deliver at the end, like you say, make the tails ring. So she had this incredible, amazing thing that happened. It was a phenomena where she was selling tickets hand over fist. And it was almost like Blue Monday, if anyone remembers that record from the old days. Every time they printed a copy of it, it lost money because it was so high production value say it cost five quid to make and they sold it for £3.50 she was a bit like that because she didn't get her clicks right she didn't get her end bit which is the virtual bit and you're dead right you can have the best event in the world but if you've not got the virtual bit right to flog tickets and make that come to life that's when it's going to fail fun fact Play Monday biggest selling vinyl single of all time it was yeah but lost a fortune. Uh, guys, please a quick round of applause for panel once again. That's it for the podcast this week. Thank you very much for listening. If you want to get involved with the conversation at BNS Glasgow, please follow us on Twitter at BNS Glasgow to get information on all news and events that we're holding. Thanks for listening.